It can be tough to get to showings during the workday and frustrating to lose out on the houses because you're earning the money to pay for them. With the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC, we'll go the extra mile and extra hours to meet you. Our after-hours appointments give you the chance to pursue your real estate dreams on your terms. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Welcome in. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Chad and Larry. And I think we have Dawn, possibly some technical difficulties, but either way, the show must go on, right? We'll find her somewhere. That's right. She's out there in in, uh, some spot. Hey, Chad, it's the first Friday of the year. Come on, give me a break. That's right. Happy 2023 to all those. Starting over again for a new year. That's right. We haven't uh, talked to so far in the new year. Happy New Year. Great to be with you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. You can reach us live if you have a question or comment at 803-799-TALK. That's 803-799-8255. So glad to be here, and we're going to talk about real estate. Oh, my goodness. What an interesting topic. I know, and so we're going to kind of do a deep dive and then look at the big picture. I like shallow water. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll do a little bit of both. Okay. Wade in and then take a take a overview look at things. And what we want to look at is uh, why we believe the market is not going to crash. Yeah. I mean, and what is a crash anymore? Right. The sky is, is falling. You hear a lot of these things. I mean, you could say in a lot of ways this is the year, or last year we could say, 2022 was the year the Fed had no mercy. Correct. So they uh, decided we need to raise interest rates because of this thing called inflation. They're trying to fight it tooth and nail. And to do that, they they are raising interest rates relentlessly. We're seeing a a little bit of a, um, you know, as far as mortgage rates, a little bit of pause. I think in uh, we could get if if Erica calls in, maybe we can get an update on that. But maybe even a a slight downward um, tick, but I don't think it's going to continue to go down, 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 unless inflation really gets under control. Well, Chad, is, like we were talking the other day, I believe interest rates in 6 and 7% is the norm that you would expect. 3% was abnormal. 2 and 7 eighths and all that just, that was unbelievable. Exactly. And so what we wanted to, to kind of look at today is where things are heading what you can might maybe expect i mean none of us have a crystal ball anything can happen things can crash things can go up but we when you look at the long-term data you can kind of get an idea what to expect based on what history has shown us and so just kind of go down uh take a uh a more narrow uh look at where we're at in our area when i say our area obviously dawn is not our area she's in idaho so her area is a little different but in this area which we like the midlands area which we would say would be like the lexington richland county a little into kershaw into, uh, newberry a little bit uh sumter county those areas uh some a little bit in the saluda that's kind of like the midlands yeah. and so when we look at that our the, radio station area yes that's <laughs> right exactly so why not talk about that yeah. <laughs> since that's the area we cover <laughs> um so if you're listening online or listening on our podcast uh you know you can pull up the the data um usually anywhere you live and kind of get some some statistics but if you look at this for our specific area the median sales price 
this is interesting information because uh, in the Midlands area, the median sale price is right now hovering around 262, 263, something like that. It peaked back in, let's see here, we've got 2020, um, actually, it peaked back in uh, the first of this year at about 280. 280. And so you might have a high price, a low price. The median basically takes out the highs and the lows. I mean, I'm very much simplifying this and tells you what the most of the houses are selling for. But we won't talk about the ones for $10,000 we buy. Or, or $10 million. We'll just kind of look at that, that yeah. in the middle. And so prices are still s- stable. And this is the point. You know, prices have come down. When you look at the graph, they've come down. But if you look at it back a year ago, they're still higher than they were. That's correct. And they've stabilized kind of, Chad. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty well the asking price is the asking price, and that's the sales price as well. well. And that was another chart we were looking at earlier is that what is the percentage of asking price people are getting? Uh, so a rule of thumb we used to use all the time was most houses sell for 97% of the list price. So that means if you listed a house for $100,000, you could expect maybe ninety-seven, maybe even pay some closing cost, you know, in the negotiation. However, what are we seeing now? We're seeing the asking price as the sales price and a lot of people paying their own closing costs. So 100% of the asking price is what people are, are actually so that's where it's at currently right so and it's been that way for a while they, yes. there was an uptick where people were paying over the asking price uh right after covid everybody saw this when we were everybody was bidding well they were paying over the asking price but the interest rate was three percent too right so it, it's all relative yeah so what this tells me though is a couple interesting things if you're in the market uh one is prices are holding steady Two, people that are selling their house or agents that are working with people to sell their house, they're pricing them pretty well. Pricing them right. Because think about it. If a house is not worth the $100,000, I mean, we're very simple terms. We maybe use two fifty for our example. But whatever that is, if you price it way over the market, you're still not going to get it. That's right. So you need to price it where the market is. And it looks like that's happening because most of the houses are selling for our for exactly what they're listed for. Uh, We are seeing some concessions a little bit more now with people asking for some closing costs to help. And um, we were talking to an attorney about this uh, this week. Some of the closing cost money people are asking for, so if it's a $250,000 house, let's say, someone may say, well, you know what? I'd like some help with closing costs. I want the seller to contribute $5,000 toward my closing cost. Well, what they may do with that money is buy down the interest rate. Correct. So, and Erica could talk about that. Some some uh, interesting negotiation techniques you may look at when you're you're buying or selling a house. Well, see, that's the thing, Chad. Everybody thinks, well, that that interest rate is fixed. Everybody's got the same rate. They don't. And there's ways you can work on the interest rate. They're not the same. And so, like when you go online and you look up, you know, one of the big online, uh, you know, mortgage companies. They may quote a rate that you see in the ad, but you better read the fine print. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I've saw I saw one where it said four and a half percent interest rate, but that had a buy down, and it had you putting twenty percent down, 
And, you know, there are a lot of little caveats to little that. Little terms. Right. The, the fine, fine print. That's right. <laughs> the fine print. Read the fine print, folks. So glad you're here. Remember to join us. Um, if you have a question or comment, you can uh, you can do that at 803-799-TALK, 803-799-8255. Say, say hello, Brian. Tell him to get well soon. Oh, yes. Well, we did hear um, that uh, Brian is under the weather. So shout out to Brian if you're listening. We know he's listening. Because we know he's listening. Well, let's make sure we don't make a mistake. That's right. He's he's saying if uh, if the producer here in the studio is doing a great job. So uh, we know he is though, because it's the one and only Kevin Cohen. Glad he's filling in. Glad we're we're uh, he, he. You know, it's good that he's quarantining. I'm happy about that because <laughs> I don't want to get COVID. I don't either. So, and this is kind of what why we're here where we're at. You know, COVID changed a lot of things in real estate, especially. It did because uh, supply and demand. You had this uh, no supply, nobody doing anything for a while. Then when things started to open up, everybody's like, you know, I'm moving. <laughs> it's got, time to move. And what's it done to the construction industry? You can't get anything quickly anymore. That's right. So another thing we were looking at in all of our vast resources of charts, right? So this is great stuff because uh, it tells you where things are at. Another one is, uh, before we get to a break, and we only have a second, and actually we're going to a break, so we'll cover it on the way back. Stay with us. We'll talk to you in a bit. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Chad and Larry with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Glad you're with us. Remember Mike to, and Eric are holding. Yes, we got some folks holding, but before we do, we want to remind you, if you do want to call or have a question, the phone number is 803-799-TALK, 803-799-8255. And with now out any further delays, we would like to speak to Mike. Or Are you with us, Mike? I am. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Enjoy the show as always. Thank you. Um, I'm looking for kind of an opinion question, um, or I guess an opinion answer to my question. I know that I see that a lot of folks are coming down from other states and moving here looking for houses. And I know that they've either got to, as they're doing that, they've got to stay in a hotel for a month while they do that, or They've got to rent an apartment and then pay fees to break a lease, things of that nature. So I was considering renting a furnished house on either a weekly or monthly basis geared toward those type of people who are looking for a short-term rental while they find their own home. Do you think I would be able to keep that rented? Mike, that's a, a great niche marketing, and I, I think that's a great idea. And it's like with anything else, it's going to depend on location and, uh, you know, how the ease of access to that property. And this is the exact reason why, you know, we had my wife on some time ago, not, not too long ago, and uh, we talked about her getting into the Airbnb business. And it's very similar. Now, yeah. if you did it yeah. on a weekly basis or a more of a long-term it's actually more stable because the only problem with the Airbnb is you're constantly cleaning or paying someone to clean it. Uh, there's a lot of in and out. If you could do it on a weekly basis, um, you know, I think it could be successful depending on, you know, where it's located and how, how uh, well it's appropriated with that stuff and, you know, all those kind of things. But 
um, you know, I think people would much rather be in a house than a hotel. Yeah, we've had quite a few people staying in hotels and trying to find a rental for short term. Very hard to find. Absolutely. So, Mike, we wish you the very best. I do think it's a, a worthwhile endeavor. And, um, you know, if you have some further comments or questions, feel free to call us after the show. You can reach us uh, after hours as well. So, uh, appreciate that. Thank you so that's much a, for calling, that's a Mike. Comment. And um, unfortunately, we're going to have to move on. Uh, uh, Mike, just like everyone else out there, I'm sure there's similar folks have great ideas, and these are these are good opportunities for folks in the market we're in. Sure. And um, we're going to actually talk about the migration patterns in a bit. So Mike's question or comment uh, leads right into today's show, so it's perfect. Um, but before we do that, let's get Erica because she's on the line. I know we we uh, we want to talk to her, and and folks are going to be very interested to know what she has to say. Erica, are you with us? I'm here. Good to see you. Figuratively speaking, this Friday morning. Um, so missed you last week, but glad you joined us. And uh, tell us Thank what's you. happening. So um, we've had kind of an interesting week in the market. You know, we would lose a uh, considerable amount of bits, and then we'd get them back, and then we'd lose. We ended up the day pretty good yesterday. Um, we'll see what 2023 has to say. I mean, we still have economic experts that are expecting rates to be uh, considerably lower, some some 2%, 1.5% to 2 lower by spring market. So, well, Erica, you know uh, what? What we've decided here locally on the show is that we, we are choosing not to participate in any recession. So if it well, if if we're told that there is one, we we're just not going to participate yeah, in we it. We won't. We won't. Do so, anything. but all the stuff you're saying. Well, I have a secret. Yes. I have a secret to tell you. We haven't been participating in a recession, and we are in one. <laughs> this is so, great. Um, you know, it, and it's true. You know, I tell everybody, regardless of somebody that the powers that be want to actually say the words or not, that that's what we're in. When you see inflation the way you are, it is. When you see uh, unemployment numbers, when you see uh, income, right, pay, uh, there is no other word for it other than recession. Um, you, according to the standards of what defines a recession, we have far exceeded that. Well, don't Six you know they ago. can change the definition in Washington anytime they want? Apparently so. So <laughs> I tell everybody, try not to get hung up on that word. Um, you know, there. I, I keep telling everybody, and, and only those of us that kind of watch this for a living, uh, that it's when you have something as our economy that has been manipulated so much for so long, um, you need to just continue to, to move forward, make wise financial decisions for your house. Um, and what that looks like for most people in America right now, I think, is securing asset. Asset would be real estate. That is one of the smartest ways to do it. And to really pull back on what I would call incidental spending. You may want to hold back on vacations, hold back on incidental spendings, because where you need to put your money right now is in real estate. Exactly. It's stable. Well, and the, the market, everybody's pulling money out of the market and other places and putting in the real estate. It's interesting, uh, Erica, <laughs> because, you know, you're in the mortgage industry. We're in real estate, which is, you know, we're all kind of in real estate one way or another. And everybody has something to sell, you know, obviously. And so if you're listening to a financial advisor, um, they're, they're going to tell you to stay invested, which is not maybe a bad thing. When things go down, 
Uh, you have this dollar cost averaging idea, you know, where you you invest when it's down, you invest when it's up, and over the long term, the the trend is going to take you up with it, just because of things like inflation uh, and and other things. And so, real estate is similar. The difference with real estate is, you know, it's actually something people, you know, they live in. Um, people have to have a place to live. So it's a good investment long term uh, to to be invested in, whether you're looking at stocks or anything else. It's a it's a good investment to have, right. and being a homeowner is much better than being a renter How many in most times cases. Have you heard people say, "Well, five years ago I used to pass that corner, nothing there. I should have bought it. Look at what's there now." Well, time time does a lot with the value of property. That's right. So Erica. We will let folks know that the market is not dead. Things are slower. Um, You're still lending money. Things are still happening. Um, People are pouring into South Carolina. And that's what we're going to... We'll talk about that in a few moments. Yeah, we're talking about migration patterns in in a moment also. And so this is one of the reasons we just do not see a crash, especially in our particular market, because people are moving here. In, in pretty good numbers. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing what's happening in our state. We're third in the country. Well, and, and apart from in. that, we keep talking about Chad. There still is a housing shortage, right? We like four million, five million homes short nationwide. So, in order for a crash to happen, you guys really have to understand it would have to flip, right? We would have to have more houses than people to buy them, and we're not trending that way. Right, we're so going all the other of those way. that are we're going the other way. So any of those people that are concerned about a market crash, it's and it's it's for, from what we can see, it's not going to happen like that. Erica, we appreciate it, and we would direct folks to call Erica, reach out to Erica, go to our website palmetto uh, palmetto real estate pros dot com. Uh, so Erica, thank you so much. Glad you made it in today. And listen, we hope there's lots of folks calling and lots of people uh, wanting to get into real estate because it's a good move. We really believe Thank it's a good much. move. We're not just saying that. <laughs> so obviously we sell houses, but it's it's a good good thing to have have a property. Absolutely. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you. And sure. Erica has a perfect segue, uh, our conversation, into what we were talking about before the last break, that inventory, you know, because this is kind of where this – and we're going to talk about big picture too, but inventory. So in 2019, there were 3,600 – properties listed in our specific area on the market and so back in uh, january of 2021 there was about 1100 so you see the inventory has dropped and it it went up uh, recently but it's back now it's still under it looks like it's about 1800 uh, properties and that's not a lot when there's people that need to buy houses and you think in an area with uh, you know this many people that need to find a house that's that's not a lot of houses on the market we got dawn back on the air with us yeah (laughs) i'm here good morning we're talking about housing i have been you have an overflow of housing there where you're at absolutely not in fact i was talking with a uh a person last night who is selling their house on their own you know a for sale by owner and uh, he's got it listed and he thinks he knows what it's worth but you know we had a whole conversation about when i work with investors how i am actually pricing forward 
underneath what the comps are coming in now because we're seeing softer housing prices here and not by a little bit but by a lot mm. so yeah had a whole conversation about that last night i mean it's not a housing shortage but it's definitely the prices are softening uh, because the interest rates are so are so much higher than they were at the beginning of the year. It, it definitely affects things. And so what we're seeing is this, the inventory is a is an issue. Uh, you're seeing an uptick in it somewhat. But a balanced market used to be, like in what we were taught back in a long time ago, was that six months, four to six months supply of properties is is stable. And if you have two months right now, you're lucky. Right. So right now, the what what we're seeing is like 1.6 months supply, and um, you know most of the houses that we're seeing are are sold in less than 30 days. Or you got people waiting. Right. So it's 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 there's there's a a challenge in the market. But what the point of all this is that this is why we don't see prices crashing because there's just not enough product to you know sub for the supply the supply people out there demand. wanting Isn't that the old thing you learn first thing in economics supply and demand exactly and so what we wanted to kind of transition to is the big picture we talked about uh you know the our area and uh we've only got a minute but as we prep for the next segment is this big picture what's happening in migration patterns what's happening with jobs what's happening where where are people moving and where, why yeah and why and so this is kind of what we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. And, and Dawn, you've seen this even in Idaho. There's been an influx of people into Idaho. Absolutely. Right. So, and we're seeing that in uh, the Southeast as well, into Texas, um, our state in particular. So we're going to talk about all these things on the other side of the break. Remember, you can call us um, at 803-799-TALK, 803-799-8255. Go to our uh, website, palmettorealestatepros.com, and um, when we get on the other side, hang on there because you're going to see why it's a good idea. Just like Michael was saying, is it a good idea to have a property for people to come into while they're That's transitioning? A great idea. Great idea. So hold on. We'll see you shortly. Welcome back. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Larry and Dawn is with us Dawn, now. Dawn found her way here. That's right. She uh, It was a long journey, but she, well, we found her somewhere out there. <laughs> I am no longer the wayward child. That's okay, right. Well, that's good. Good to have you back and hear your voice today. That's right. So we Thank are talking you. about real estate in particular. The the Is there going to be this uh, great crash that uh, you might hear about, or is there going to be, uh, like we've seen, this continued a compression, I would call it, you know, a, uh, you know, a tightening of real estate. That's really what we're seeing is it's tightening down. And a one, one thing we're going, we're looking at now is these migration patterns, how, where people move, where people get employed, employment coming into areas, how that affects uh, real estate in these areas and, and business uh, and business for sure. And so the top inbound states, now, most of the people listening could probably guess a few, you're right. New York City, sure. Mm, no. So inbound states, <laughs> not outbound. Yeah, New York's sinking. Yeah, so we've got the top inbound. Yes, we heard Florida, definitely. But this this was kind of surprising to me. If you look at the, the data, South Carolina was number one. 
Well, well it's, it's in the top five. In the it, top. It, it, it depends on the statistics you look at. Yes. But here's the top five that I see. South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Arizona, Florida. Now, just think if South Carolina could do something about their tax, the way the taxes are structured, we would blow the doors off of the state. That's correct. Because we got a 7% tax, and that's that's what pretty stout. What has Florida got? Zero. And I think Tennessee has zero. zero. So if we could fix some, like even like say, hey, you know what, we're going to come up with a system where we bring it down half a percent a year, something. Because, I mean, what, what we've seen, too, and, Dawn, I know you've seen this. We work with lots of out-of-state investors, and they get caught by this, and they don't realize it. When you sell a property in South Carolina and you're not a resident in South Carolina, mm-hmm. what is something people have to look out for? Tax. The, uh, yeah, the, um, the uh, non-state, resident. like, You have to pay tax, a 7% right. tax when you sell a house and you don't live in this state. It's another realtor fee, but you don't get a realtor for it. (laughs) Well, you know, and they actually, um, the uh, one of the closing attorneys I worked with actually referred to that as a capital gains tax, right? Which I'd never heard of it. The non-residence tax. It's not really capital gains. I mean, it kind of is, but it's more. It's just a tax. I mean, it's like you know, you don't live here, so you you pay the pay our tax when you sell. Well, and think so, about if people are moving here and business is growing. That would seem to say, if we can grow business, we don't need to tax everything so dead burn high. But they don't think logically like a normal person. So, <laughs> so we got these top five states, right? You got South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Arizona, Florida. Top five. There's others in there that would round out the top ten, mostly on the southeast. Interestingly Why? enough, why the southeast? Well, it's well, easier to do business. There's not unions. I mean, there's lots of reasons. No well, you have water. You've got nice it's water. warm weather. Yeah. yeah. Real estate is less expensive. So yeah. let's look even at taxes are lower than a lot of other places. Th- that's even right. Though, you know, they're seven percent. It's a lot lower than, you know, a lot of other states, especially the ones that people are migrating from. And if you think about it, if you're coming from a state where a house is seven hundred thousand dollars their value, they sell it. They come here they might buy a house for five hundred. The same. They they pay cash. The same house for three. Exactly. So the top outbound states. What do you think those are? Kevin got one of them correct, and it was in the top five, right? uh, New York, uh, California California. is one of them. Uh, Illinois, New Jersey, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Michigan. I wondered like how Michigan fell in that, unless it's just so cold, but. It could be all those things, but I think a lot of this, too, that, that you're not going to see in these articles is COVID. Because the way the government's the handled COVID in a lot right. of these places, we're like, I can't breathe here. I mean, literally, I have to stay locked up or yep. they shut the businesses down, whatever the yep. case is. And people are like, you know, I'll just move to where my family is. I'll move. It's also cold here. You know, who knows? I'll move to where I, I'm not forced to wear a mask. In fact, I had some clients that came down from Michigan and the first thing they did when they got there is took off their masks. And then um, some of the local owners are like, hey, you've got to wear a mask. And they said, well, there's no state law. And I had to, you know, educate them like, okay, so there's no state law right now requiring us to wear a mask. But we're doing it because it's the polite thing to do. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. And obviously, but, yeah. you know, if you're in New York and California, these are the highest cost, you know, some of the highest cost of living places to be. 
And so this is a good reason to to move. And we've we've worked with a ton of clients moving into this area. Um, and so we're just looking at people voting with their feet. I mean, this is really what it is. They're, they're right. saying, hey, I don't want to live there anymore. And, I mean, think about what it takes to move to another state. That's not a minor thing. I mean, to me, you know, if you're moving, there's a good reason to do it, especially across state lines and move to another state. I mean, there's got to be some major stuff going on. So we're seeing some some uh, serious pattern changes also like the density like when you're thinking a lot of people in fact charleston i think was the number one destination for people from new york city when uh covid hit and it was you know the density of the population getting out of the city and coming down to charleston where we watched you know prices skyrocket in charleston the first few months of covid and the housing you know market went to near zero uh, available housing, which you know, all again goes back to sl- supply and demand. And, but um, and Charleston I think a lot has of it is that exactly. And Charleston has consistently been voted one of the nicest cities. Mm-hmm. I think we're nicer here, but I do too. Yeah. So, but they're consistently voted. I guess if you're coming from a northern state or some other place, I mean, it it just has a different feel to it. You know, we're a little slower. You know, I've noticed that talking to folks, you know, who are moving from other places. You know, we talk a little different. Um, you know, you have to get used to y'all and sweet tea. But these are good things to get used to. <laughs> <laughs> and how polite everybody is. I love it. Right. And, um, you know, what's funny is, you know, I was raised to say, yes, ma'am, no, sir. And it's very interesting when I'm talking to, um, you know, my, my elders or people. And then I say, yes, sir, no, ma'am, whatever. They think, like, why do you keep saying that to me? It's like it's ingrained. I can't stop it. You know, it's like I used to beat him. <laughs> yes, um, I was. I was not. A, it was not a healthy childhood. No, we won't go there because this is not about our, my childhood. This is about real estate. But well, these are we the know patterns. It's not true. I'm just going to chime in. I know it's not true. <laughs> right. So th- this is interesting though because these things that we see is not just uh, the population, because to to move and to migrate to a different area. You also have to have something for people to come to. It's not just I'm getting away from that place. The jobs, the the uh, the industries to support it. And uh, Dawn, you mentioned Charleston. Another one of the fastest growing places in our state is Greenville, uh, the Greenville Spartanburg right. area. Yes, it is. Right. Lots in fact, of industry. We almost moved there. Yeah, we almost moved there. Um, instead of moving here. We were going to be moving to Greenville because not just the industry, but the weather, like everybody in the nation that I've ever known that's been to Greenville loves it because it's just this nice little pocket in South Carolina that's just slightly up on a hill. So you get the breeze. It's not all like hot and sweaty. I mean, it's really and it's beautiful there. Absolutely beautiful. And these things make a difference. I mean, the, the weather is makes a big difference where people move. If you're going to move, you might as well move to a place that the weather is nice except for july august maybe you know the humidity is killer but otherwise it's a great place to live and we're seeing that that take place and we're seeing industries move here and not just um you know the the people but the industry and it's kind of one of those things what comes first the job or the people you know is it the chicken or the egg i mean i would probably say the jobs are uh they move people you know, because if you have a place, so for instance, we're looking, uh, we had the mayor of Jackson on our show of, um, a while back, uh, 
and there's a, there's something happened there. It's a very small town, but SRS, which is Savannah River site, is national hiring laboratory. It's a national laboratory. Yeah, they're hiring twenty five hundred more people. So what does that mean? You need more rooftops. You need more more places for people to live. More more stores. More stores, and so. You know, they're going to come there at some point because they see the need is there. And so when you have more things come, I mean, it's kind of it's cyclical. Well, and it's not just like these are good paying jobs. These are pay jobs where people are making, you know, $75,000 or more a year in the $100,000. I mean, these are government level. No, they don't work for the government. They are usually subcontractors like for the Department of Energy. But nonetheless, like these are really high paying jobs. These are not entry level jobs. And Dawn knows this all too well because her husband is a secret agent. We can't even <laughs> no, say his name. Do not <laughs> say that. That is not the truth. <laughs> What'd you call that. it? A watcher? Not a watcher. A um, I didn't say a monitor anything. or something like that. I didn't so say anything. she didn't say anything. She says <laughs> I didn't nothing. Say I know anything. nothing. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So this is interesting stuff, though, because these are the things that play into, uh, you know, real estate and the value of real estate. When there are people coming into areas, it's going to be it, you're not going to see values go down typically unless there's an oversupply of product. And we've already talked about that. There's not. There's a limited, very limited supply of product. So when people come in and they want to move into a place and there's not much there, what does it do to prices? the price goes up yeah. because there's multiple people looking for something in the same area. But Interest rates affect that because people are like, you know, I, I can wait. Well, here's something also to consider, especially people in our industry, Chad, people coming from all over the country to South Carolina. It's a different place of living, different style of living. And as an agent, a broker, or a business person, kind of learn that person a little bit first. Kind of get them feel what they're used to how they like to live, maybe that might help with a job or an area I mean, of town that would suit them better. I find it so much more relaxed. But one of the nicest things about South Carolina that I've experienced, so uh, we've lived in a lot of different places, you know, but there's, um, it, it's, a great, it's a great place to meet. It's incredibly diverse, you know, people from different states coming in. There's, you know, some military bases there. There's, you know, some really high-end jobs that um, that attract people to the state. And it's all over the state. You know, it's not like one of these places you got to be going there to get there. Then the people you meet are just have been there their whole life and they've never traveled, you know. Um, it's It's completely different than that. And I really appreciate about that because I've lived in some really tiny towns that are closed-minded. And even these tiny towns, like, people have a world view. Great way to end that segment, Dawn. Awesome. So hang on. We'll be back in a few. Uh, PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. Welcome back. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Larry, with Dawn, and myself, Mr. Chad Jordan. <laughs> Mr. Welcome Chad back. Jordan. That's right. And remember that. No, <laughs> I would call you, sir. Mr. Wise One here is with us, Larry Jordan, and Dawn. We have to come up with a name for you, Dawn. Um, fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> the fabulous Dawn. Uh, join us live in our last segment. If you want to uh, have a question or comment, 803-799-8255. That's 803-799-TALK. We are actually talking about 
uh, South Carolina migration patterns, not just South Carolina, but what's happening in the real estate industry and how these migration patterns play into value of real estate, what people are willing to pay. Let and me this, ask you a question, Chad. We're talking about this migration and all and the supply of housing. How are builders handling all this? Well, they, they look at the same data that anybody has access to. The stuff we're talking about, there's nothing secret about it. I mean, the U.S. Census, you can get a lot of the stuff there. There's a great site that we use sometimes, citydata.com. I think it's city-data.com. You can look up data on about any place. Uh, you know, on county websites, you can find a lot of the stuff. And they tell you where growth is going. They tell you this is what's on the agenda. I mean, it's not that difficult to look at. And we're like for a builder, exa- for example. So there's a shortage of houses. So they would want to see, okay, if there's a, a new uh, job growth coming into an area and there's a 10% uptick in jobs, well, maybe we need to build some houses in that area because well, people I, need a place to live. The reason I mentioned that was like we're working up in a different area of the state. We got these business hiring 2,500, another one down the road hiring another 1,000. And 3,500 3, people. I wonder why the builders aren't building houses as fast as they can. What holds them back? Well, you, the same thing, I mean, building costs. You know, do they want to go into that area? I mean, there's lots of reasons right now with the recession. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons, but they want to go into high-density places, mm-hmm. too. You know, if you're going to put your money in a place, you want to put it in a place where you absolutely know 100% uh, that they're going to sell when you put them on the market. You know, you had a really interesting point yesterday, Chad. Uh, you said follow the sewer lines. If you can get ahead of the sewer lines, you'll pretty much see population growth there if the sewer lines are coming. Because a lot of places Water in South sewer. Carolina, you know, they're still on septic. Mm. Water taps, sure, but, you know, public sewer, man, that is a valuable asset. <laughs> well, because the county and the cities that, that run those, they know exactly where the growth is going. They have, mm-hmm. you know, another thing we look at when we're looking at commercial stuff is, um, you know, the uh, U.S., not the U.S., but the South Carolina DOT, which is South Carolina Department of Transportation, the number of traffic, the traffic count patterns. Where's the traffic going? How, how many people go down this road? How many people pass this place? Especially for retail, they want to know that for sure. Like if they're going to put something on a, a corner, how many cars pass that corner every day? We don't want to put it on a corner where nobody drives there. Um, and the service station ain't going to go there if there's no cars. Right. And and, and why the do they drive there? not going to go there if there are no cars. Exactly. And, and even how fast do people drive? <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you are building retail, do you want it where people are going, you know, 70 miles an hour down the road? Probably not. You probably want to know where the next stoplight is. You want to put a stoplight there. <laughs> exactly. So that you can make people slow down so they can see your stuff. But this is this is all the kind of stuff that plays into that. So when builders or when, uh, you know, people look into to grow an area, they want to see is the area experiencing growth before I try to put something there? You know, we, we're not really doing the uh, Kevin Costner field of dreams, you know, build it and they will come. <laughs> That's kind of a great idea, but you don't want to build something where nobody is. Yeah, in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> right. Now, if it's a hobby and you have the money, go for it. No road. <laughs> but if you want to make money, you want to put it where there's 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 you're in the middle of growth. or You're coming where the growth is going. And that's what the builders do. Or just right out in front of it a little bit. 
Right. And if you want to know why the uh, the old big properties are the, the the trees are being cut down and builders are coming in, it's because they see we need land because people need a place to live. Uh, you know, one of the other thing that plays into, uh, for example, builders coming to an area is, you know, how easy is it to work with the local governments, the municipalities? Is it like pulling your own teeth out to get approved for something or is it pretty you know are they reasonable you know there's good things that the counties want you to do like you know have uh, for instance if you see you're at the your uh your grocery store and you see islands with grass and trees that's probably not because the builder just wanted to do that it's probably <laughs> some kind of regulation or ordinance saying hey if you for it's every that acre zone. that you clear we need to see some islands or something because they want to see that it looks good that it's aesthetic aesthetically pleasing and it kind of has a look and feel of wherever you're you're going so like when you go into hilton head for example if you're familiar with that you'll notice something probably oh all, how short all the signs are how too. short are the signs yeah and that's because the ordinance is no sign can be over a certain height but why do they do that and it's frustrating to me as a you know when you're there because it's like i can't ever see where i'm going <laughs> like because there's no sign i can find the signs are you you know the the About bushes are in front tall. of the signs yeah. Yeah. yeah but they do that on purpose right it's like hey there's a look and a feel here and we're going to maintain it and we're not going to have somebody that just does whatever they want if you want to be here which is a great place to be we want you to conform with uh, the rules that we have so that it has the same feel and look generally so yeah. that's a good thing it's all aesthetic it it's a flow exactly and so um before i forget because we're we're getting close to the end um well, there is another uh, article i wanted to share here that came across my desk yesterday i thought this was perfect for what we're talking about south carolina lands number three on u-haul's list of growth states in 2022 so going into 2023 because it was updated january 5th and it says according to u-haul south carolina is quickly becoming a top destination for movers the Palmetto State was the ranked number three in 2022 on U-Haul's annual growth index. So it says you still have big cities in South Carolina, but you can travel just outside those cities and be in the country. This is what U-Haul said. So guess what we're probably going to see? More U-Haul places. Oh, sure. <laughs> right. You know, and, More drop-off locations. Because it's a one-way. It, the reason they know so much is people moving in here from another place and leave the truck here they don't take it back to where they got it from so they're knowing right. where the traffic is going it's one-way rentals mm -hmm. so if there's a way we could start to advertise to people in these high x-bound states hey come here we can help you right there's things that you can do we know that we know the patterns and i don't think they're changing right now i but mean we should uh contact and get in in with u-haul on the people that are moving we should get a u-haul distribution center right outside our <laughs> office right <laughs> it'd look great <laughs> as they returned the truck uh, yeah. we're standing we'll on the doorstep storage. of u-haul you just get and, here and a storage <laughs> facility while we're there because those things make a lot of money yes yeah storage all these things and you know they they all play into these uh these patterns that we're talking about multifamily People need places to stay. Some of them aren't going to buy. They're going to want to rent. So you got multifamily. You have the single family. Uh, condos. Condos are, are doing really well right now. Guess why? 
because everything else is so limited, people are like, well, I'll, I guess I'll do a condo. Some mm-hmm. people like that idea, too. And you don't have to cut the grass. Right. Um, and for another show, we can talk about not just the migration patterns, but age patterns. The age of people also plays a huge role on what they want. You know, they're not going to want five acres when you're 80 years old, 70 years old, 60 years old. You're probably going to want something. They might. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. But somebody's got to cut all that grass. Somebody's got to keep it up. So all these things are are fascinating um, things that inform our decisions as uh, real estate professionals, Uh, whether it's commercial or residential. You still, you know, you want to work with the trend, not against the trend. Try to change it. (laughs) Right. Just go into a neighborhood that maybe needs some help and change the neighborhood. So, Dawn, just yes. uh, as as far as you're aware on uh, Idaho, are you seeing influx? Uh, and the last I saw, they're, they're having an influx as well, not an exodus, correct? That's correct. That's correct. E- even though the housing market um, has slowed down a little bit here, uh, we're still seeing, I mean, INL here, uh, the Idaho, Idaho National Laboratory, they're still hiring about another 4,000 people here. Um, Boise is still growing. It's one of, we've got the migration out of California. And, and see what we're, when you say 4,000 are being hired, when we were talking earlier about this, uh, area in South Carolina where they're hiring 2,500 and another thousand at another, another place, it's not just the, the 2,500 because they have families um, for the jobs. most part and they have, have exactly it's, so you have a multiplier effect right and, you know because people have to service not just those 2500 but the industry that supports that business they're going to have to grow to you know with, with the increased growth as well mm-hmm. so all these things are great information to have but really we know all of it's local all real estate is ultimately very local it's- cyclical and it's cyclical so all this stuff that we're talking about can be found online but you just want to work with it not against it you know if you're in an area where all the businesses are leaving and everything (laughs) is drying up um you just need to be aware of that you that might be a reason to sell actually yeah because that's more important than uh, you know the other things um that that could play into that if if there's huge growth coming in an area and you see it it's it's not going to probably change yeah get in front of the train that's right so this is a great show today make sure you check out our sponsors also palmetto real estate pros.com check out our podcast palmetto real estate pros.com and join us next week right here nine o'clock we will see you then till then have a great weekend Admit it, you've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.